Alright, well, this is, uh, I guess you could call it episode one of Rob's Rants. Um, so what I was thinking today is that I just really want to start podcasting. And, and the secret behind that, the reason behind that, if you dive deep down, isn't to really help people, isn't to um, make money to glorify. It's so I can talk. I gotta... <laughs> I always have had this desire to just talk and talk and talk. And I over-talk so many people to death. I can see the glare in their eyes go away. Um, or their eyes just glaze over halfway through our discussions usually. Because I just go on some rants and tangents about whatever subject we're speaking of. And instead of uh, answering directly, I usually go to five sub-stories. A triple paragraph essay. I have an introductory and a conclusion. And I usually end with a few footnotes and reference points on where I got my initial... Um, understanding of the subject at hand so that is why i thought you know instead of me shutting the fuck up which is never gonna happen good luck take out my tonsil cords i will be stephen hawking and like a mother i will figure it out um in fact one of my favorite books is the brain that changes itself it's by norman Deutsch. i came across this book because of someone uh, a friend of a friend of a friend actually uh, uh stacy this uh, friend named stacy had given it to daphne that gave it to gabby i think and somehow i ended up with this book and the title itself is what attracted me now the title is the brain that changes itself and i thought ah that's an interesting title what the hell are they talking about so i dive into this book and it's about neuroplasticity now this book has led me to reference the book multiple times it turns out to be my favorite book and it talks about how the brain itself can change and how our bodies can change and how our neuros neurons our neural circuitry so to say um that's responsible for each one of our activities so you know you have some people that are blind because that part of their brain isn't active whether um whether other people uh, can't use their limbs because they may have had a stroke, their brain was dead, those parts of their brain didn't get oxygen, those brain cells died down, that neurocircuitry never made it back, so now they can't use their, their motor cortex, so they can't use their hands, they can't grab glasses, their hands tense up, or they lose the ability to use an arm altogether. Um, this is what happens when brain damage happens, speech, you know, so, someone has a stroke and now they have a slur, things happen in their brain that shut off and they never get turned back on so the basis of the book was that actually our brains can be trained and taught to to recircuit themselves so say i can no longer speak because that part of my brain um or i can't speak correctly i have a slur I, you can actually retrain other parts of your brain that may be responsible for your visual or for your motor for moving your hands or for your understanding or recognition or cognition or any kind of uh, any kind of activity that your brain is responsible for there's a neuron there's a circuitry there's like a road there's a road map in your head and every little neuron knows what road they have to be on when there's a roadblock they can no longer get to their destination and they can't give you what you want which is to move your hand or to see clearly or to speak or to hear for people that are deaf 
So those parts of the brain are inactive and whether it's through electric stimulation or therapy or, or the same way that you have to go to physical therapy to get your legs back, say if you were in surgery and you were laying around for months at a time or a year, you would, your, your muscles would deteriorate in your legs. That wouldn't say you'd lose your legs, but you would be able to, you would have to have crutches and a therapy and a physical therapist and, and learn to walk again. Train your muscles to be able to handle that weight. Since you know from going to the gym, when you skip arm day a few days, your arms go away. So when you skip leg day, so from having surgery forever, your your muscles go away. Now, yeah, your brain works the same way. So when you don't exercise certain things, those things go away, remain dormant, or become weak. And there are certain times in our lives where the entire activity shuts off and your brain is convinced it can no longer do that task. The same way that I can't bench 250 right now. So if I were to look at a, at a bar, my brain would know, don't even try it, bro. You're going to hurt yourself. But if I see 125, I can do that. Now, at some point, my brain might tell myself, you can't lift any bars. And if I'm convinced of that, I won't even attempt to. That road will be closed. Well, what our brain does when it shuts off activity to a certain area and doesn't go to a place, whether it's from laying down or having a stroke and having no activity in there, is it actually shuts down the roads and creates roadblocks within your brain that either shut that road down completely and mean that activity is no longer going to be done or it it just makes it weaker and there's a weaker signal going around, uh, along same just like with the slurring there the ability to speak is still there but the slur is causing you to to um yeah but but the inactivity the roadblock is causing you to perform this activity at a slower rate than you would be used to and a slower rate than you would want to uh in most cases so what the book itself says or what the study of neuroplasticity says and, and Norman Doidge, I believe he wrote this book, co-authored this book with someone else and there's been many books since then on neuroplasticity and the magnificence of the brain but what this guy does is he documents the multiple cases and the different doctors that study neuroplasticity at its different levels and talks about the case studies they've had, the 20 year people they've been doing certain kinds of therapy on so you have a girl who had her equilibrium off and couldn't stand straight because she was always in a state of uh, what's it called? Uh, vertigo. So vertigo is when you're standing up, you feel like you're off balance all the time and you're falling. You're, you feel like you're always falling. That feeling you get in your dreams when you're falling and then you wake up, that feeling you get when you skip a step, when you're going downstairs and you skip a step and you catch yourself, that brief moment where you feel like, holy fuck, I'm going to die. <laughs> or like, this isn't going to end well. So those moments it is the perpetual state of falling that some people that have vertigo feel. Uh, sometimes it... it being on a plane kicks it in or, or, or that dropping feeling in the plane all of the above it's different stages of vertigo but this girl couldn't even stand up straight even though everything was fine no, nothing was wrong with her her brain had something had happened that triggered this to happen within her brain to where it constantly told herself she was falling so her entire rest of the body reacted in that way so she was in a perpetual state of of High nervousness of I'm not sure I have to reference the book again but the point is that this case study he put a helmet on her head with strips on her tongue and those tongues sent signals based on where she was at if she was standing if she was doing whatever activity she was doing it sent signals to the brain to tell it hey you're okay you're good to go here you're actually standing up and you're balanced and so with this headset, she was able to put it on and walk straight, train herself to actually walk. She couldn't walk because of this perpetual feeling of falling that she was experiencing. 
So with the helmet on, I believe he closed their eyes too, I'm not sure, but it, it, it magnified senses in a different part of her area that could tell what the balance was and then sent the signal to her brain so that it was it, slowly, without the helmet, she was able to walk again. Now, of course, there's way better science that can be explained behind this phenomenon. I'm just referencing it because who knows? I went off on a Rob tangent. So the whole point of this podcast in the beginning is Rob's rent. My plan is to actually do this every day when I am on my way to work or on my way anywhere and I feel like I need to just talk about a subject I read on Facebook, about a news article, about whatever the case, and I'm just gonna post it so that I can go back in the future and hear how fucking crazy and deluded my brain was and, <laughs> and how insane I was. And there's a reference point for whatever bastard kids I have to come back and know who I was, what I was about, or how my humor is just fucking horrible, how I have the darkest possible humor uh, ever, how I can laugh at funerals and, and cry uh, at puppies, uh, you know, just just the weird life I've lived that has led me to have this foundation of thought and um, the foundation of thought and reasoning and understanding and and empathy that I do the high level of empathy. So, what my goal is with this is to talk about things like neuroplasticity, to talk about things like politics and religion and all of those things that people say don't talk about. Hi, I'm here. Uh, I don't give a fuck. Uh, I will talk about those things. I think those are the things that need to be talked about. I understand things get emotional and things get vehement and things get unprofessional sometimes when people want to bring up politics and religion and find out that their co-workers or family members or people that they've known and loved very well actually believe um, differently than them on certain subjects and are willing to defend it and be vocal about their beliefs because it has a personal tie to them. I've always found that fascinating. I've always found how deep and far people go uh, over a belief to be absolutely fascinating what they're willing to cut off, who they're willing to cut off, um, whether it be body parts or people, uh, what they're willing to do, who they're willing to kill for this idea of of whatever the idea may be, but it's usually tied to politics and religion, money, um, you know, all the drivers of people, the things they say don't talk about. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, that's all I want to talk about uh, on top of the other bullshit. But uh, anyways, here nor there, neuroplasticity, back to that because I love it. The whole point of that book and the basis of my thinking um my understanding of people, my empathy for people, my sympathy for people, my, my feeling bad for the racist, you know what I mean? Like those kind of, I always refer back to that book, The Study of the Brain, and how things can be morphed and reconnected. And mostly, mostly, the point of trying to defend possibly a racist like I just referred to, or, or somebody else for what they do and who they are, is my knowledge that and my understanding of the brain that that when you do certain activities over and over and over again, it becomes ingrained in you. You know, they say they can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, old people, if you have any old uncles or old grandpas, and that's just my racist Uncle Danny, you know, or, or that's just how he is. Yeah, that's how he is because no one's forced him to change. And the longer he is that way, the more he's dug that pit. And he can change just like anyone else can. 
you can teach an old dog new tricks. But their brain has made these pathways and it's gonna be a battle the longer those pathways are allowed to go down and entrenched and repeated over and over again because this habit becomes instinct and becomes second nature the more you repeat them. And the brain starts going on autopilot because it understands this is a reaction that's automatic to you. So when you have an understanding of how somebody grew, how somebody grew up and how people, um, how people grew up, how they uh, were taught, who taught them. If you looked at a racist son, you know, my favorite story, uh, one of my favorite stories about, um, you know, the racism in America is, and I'm sorry to say I have favorite stories, but one of my favorite stories about racism in America is one that, that documents the son of a Klansman. I believe it was Alabama. So he was taught his entire life to hate, you know, hate black people, say the N-word all day, um, you know, beat up. He was a son of a Klansman, a, a lead Klansman within within a certain community. And he went to school. He was, he was, you know, he went to college. He wanted to further his education and get a good degree so he can get a good job his dad was probably going to set him up with. Well, in going to college, he was forced to interact with Muslims, with black people, with, oh my God, lesbians and gays. And, you know, he was helped by these people on subjects he had trouble with, on making it around the campus, on just, he was, he realized that these people aren't animals, they are not educated, they aren't ignorant, they have feelings, they love too, they hurt too, they struggle with math too, they have um, a desire to be better, they have a desire to grow, they don't want certain people of their, their own community and their own race to be acting certain ways, they want to hold themselves with respect, so seeing that these other people and cultures weren't animals, weren't everything he was told they were. They, they weren't these disgusting, lack of work ethic, dirty mongrels that he was taught to say, taught to think and repeat it over and over again. And little by little, he changed to where he actually ended up denouncing the Klan and, and, and becoming his own person. He actually now is a speaker against them. Um, I, that was one of my favorite stories because it shows how how, so, so to me, I'm thinking, what if I met that guy, you know, two years before, two years before while he's still spewing that racist shit, two years before he had his enlightened moment, two years before. Now, does it mean he, he, it's OK what he did, what he said, what he did, what, what he was a part of? No, hell no. Hell no. But 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 my empathy for people, my my desire to understand where the fuck they come from, why they do the things they do, why they think the way they think. It came from somewhere, something they saw, something they read, something they taught, something that was drilled down to them over and over and over again, whether they liked it or not in some cases. That, that thinking that got carried over to adulthood and to where they're doing these actions and I see a racist person and I meet him two years before he gets changed. And I know some people now that I still talk to that I, uh, I wouldn't necessarily agree with their words and choice of words choice of thought but i stand by them i talk to them i don't support them i'm not gonna fucking rally with them um you know, i support their growth i support their education i support their financial freedom i support them being better for themselves because i want to highlight the good in them because the bad in them doesn't override the good to me the bad comes from somewhere else and with a little learning and understanding and opening their eyes to something that contradicts that thought process i can 
influence a small piece of change. You can't change someone else. I don't think you can. I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not saying I'm here to save the world, but I'm here to save someone's world. I'm here to save some thought process and change a little bit and make that guy who would have ran that person off the road or would have let his buddies beat the shit out of some dude. He's gonna reference back and feel a little human error in that person that's getting hit, that person that's getting beaten, that person that's being wrong, that person that's having a job not not getting a job because of their color. He's gonna maybe, maybe because of his experience with me, look at the next brown guy a little differently. Maybe because of experience with me and how happy I could be in the face of adversity, how how understanding I can be in the face of blunt racism and blunt fucking just disrespectful bullshit. How how understanding and accepting and still holding my head high and respectful and being human to them can possibly change the way he treats the next person. That that it fascinates me where people come from, how they're willing to change, and that is a strong driver into why I let so much shit happen to me and why I don't have enemies. I don't care to make enemies. I don't care to hate the people you hate. The enemy of my friend, the, the enemy of my friend is probably my friend too because I don't, I don't change on people because you did. I don't change because you had an experience with them. I don't give up on people. I don't throw them in the trash. I don't say because they did this behavior that's against the values and the lines I've drawn in the sand that I'm not fucking with no more because I know I've fucking crossed some lines too based on where they were raised and what they were taught and what they were told was right and wrong. It was unacceptable and is acceptable. I crossed those lines not even knowing. And for them to cut me off completely just doesn't seem like a way to build a cohesive society at all. And I'm not saying we gotta be fucking utopia. All I'm saying is this is an example of a Rob Rant and what you're gonna get. And I have no idea what the purpose of this is besides just put my thoughts out there, let it ride. Cause a lot of times I talk to myself and my brain goes on a tangent and and uh, I just wanted to say I love you, whoever the fuck you are. If you listen this long, you a bad motherfucker. You gonna make it today. You're going to make it. Tune in tomorrow to uh, hear what else I have to say. Rock and roll. And good morning. Good morning to you. This is Rob, and you are listening to Rob's Rants, where I cover every single random thing that comes across my Facebook feed, in my mind, in my timeline, and in my day. So, today, it is 7.36 a.m. Central Time, my way, and I am just leaving Gold's Gym. I'm feeling pretty amazing. Had a little sauna action, a little workout action, New Year's resolution coming in full effect. Uh, A lot of changes happening in my life. I hope a lot of changes are happening in yours. I would like to see what y'all are up to. Now, if I scroll my Facebook feed today, I'm sure I'm going to see a lot of... uh, bird box stuff (laughs) as well as a lot of new year's eve resolutions from everyone talking about people they're cutting off and uh, people they're uh including into their life you know if they were estranged from loved ones and and just all around goodness they want to do with their life because i uh you know the environment you're around usually uh influences you in some way and although people like to talk crap i'm one of them uh, that likes to talk crap about people making New Year's resolutions because it's all fluff. I actually get encouraged when I see other people trying to do good in their lives too. And and you just can't help but encourage that shit, you know? Fuck. 
Most people are like, hey, I'm going to do good this year. Yeah, it might have been five years in a row. Five years counting. They've made the same goddamn resolution. But that doesn't mean you can't take the thought for what it is. And at least uh, be encouraged by the fact that them lying, <laughs> I guess you could say, uh, lying, fluffing, saying some shit just to get some likes and comments. Hell, their shit might be all fake, but, but what could happen is someone that actually sees them that's influenced by them and their bullshit might actually take it upon themselves to make take some action in their life that they aren't bullshitting on. Make some changes in their life that are going to be in full effect, that are gonna that they are going to see to completion. So I, me, being an optimistic, pessimistic, realistic jackass, always sees the good in everything. I see the good in funerals because with death comes new life. I see the beauty and destruction and chaos because in that, champions are born warriors are fucking built generals and leaders and heroes are made in those downtimes. you can't stop the ebb and flow of the world you can't stop the positive and negative from happening you can't stop the music you just can't the world's gonna fucking go dark and light shit you know they say you can't appreciate the light without the dark if our day was good every day at some point you'd get so comfortable in it like you're probably all right now you're probably very comfortable in your life right now. Maybe. Uh, those of you that are content and happy. But if you were to lose the car you have, the ride to work you have, the bus ticket you have, you'd consider that a shitty day. Yet, um, in the moment you're in right now, the fact that you have a bus ticket or a ride to work or even a fucking job or the fact that you're not sleeping under a bridge like I had to a few times, like people I know, like people you know, you know, we just, we never really stop to appreciate the moment for what it is. This is a good fucking time right now for you. If you're listening to this podcast, you have an ear at least, maybe two. Or you've developed some other kind of hearing or you're reading this visualized into text because you're hearing impaired, but you got a subtitled caption of this because someone told you you got to listen to this dumbass dude just talk all day. Uh, whatever the case may be, you're here using technology in a world where 90%, I'm just making up a number, but that's actually pretty accurate probably, 90% of people don't have what we have in America in this first world country or in this first world country you're in. Because if you're listening to a fucking podcast, there's a good goddamn chance that you're not in a third world country. And if you are, you're you're off in the better place. There are villages without electricity right now, people without food, real people without real food. Not that, I don't want nothing that's in the fridge, bullshit. Like, really fucking starving. Like, their kids are fucking dying from lack of nutrients and basic necessities that they need in life. You are fucking blessed right now. Do you know that? Do you know that? And anyone else trying to do some fluff and say they're going to change their life this year? More power fucking to you, man. Made a lot of changes in the past week, past month, past year, past two years. Uh, I'm about to pull up to this office uh, in about five minutes, but 7.41. I want to make sure by 8 o'clock I'm, I'm beating everyone to the office place because even though I haven't really been employed at this office place, I enjoy showing them my work ethic, my drive, my dedication to my craft, uh, even if they don't understand it and know what the hell it is I do. <laughs> Especially since what I've done what I do has changed. So two years ago, I embarked on this journey with a partner of mine. 
a few partners of mine, but, but one in particular that was very driven, very motivating. Uh, I fucking owe it to him for giving me a path to be as technologically involved as I wanted to be and make a career out of it or at least start digging deeper into the into the path. He's He already made headway into the digital space and to making an income in the digital space and by being his friend and being his uh, business partner eventually, we started off as friends and seeing the life he was able to live and seeing the drive and the dedication he had. I was driven to be driven with him and to understand what it is that he did and what it is that he did that I could be a part of or what I could enjoy also. What digital things could I teach myself how to do? What is this online world where you can actually develop an income? Because I had known it was a reality, but I didn't know it could be a reality for me. And partnering with him allowed me to do certain jobs and see how certain jobs are, how contracts are, how agreements are made uh, through the online space. That's, you know, you know, even though I'm a highly... Um, highly engaged digital person, I, I really don't know the nuances of the back end. Like, how do you run ads? How do you run marketing? What is, what the hell does marketing even mean? Like, do I buy some billboards? Like what? What is ROI? Well, what is, what is all these little nuances? So uh, two years ago, when I embarked on this journey, I told everyone I'm gonna fucking make a million dollars and we're gonna fucking kill the world. We're gonna kill the game and you just wait next month. Maybe we got a deal coming up and, and then that end of that month, when you know, it was 2016, 2017, um, 2017 and then a few months later, the middle of 2017, a few months later, it was the end of 2017, you know, we still hadn't made it, but uh, I had slowly stopped going to the bar. I stopped going out. I was a bar fly. I was out every single day. Um, I was out every single day and I loved it. There's no qualms with it. I have no qualms with anyone that was in the bar. I fucking love them all. Damn it, I miss them. Damn, I miss them. And, and I hate that I had to detach myself from my friends. I hate that a part of me appreciates me, the part of me that sees the good in everything appreciates that I, I actually isolated myself two years ago I went into a fucking hole I went into my room I started working on the computer a few hours a day you know I didn't go out or I'd go out later I want to make sure I finish my workout and finish my my studies and watch more videos on how to do this and how to do that and then an hour later you know I'm, I'm doing it some more um, and then eventually I just don't even go into the bar for a week two weeks three weeks four weeks um, every once a month, once every few weeks, people are saying, where are you at? I just stop answering the phone because if I answer the phone, I don't want to say no to Andrea, to other Drea, you know, to Katia, to Amanda, to, to Devin, to anyone that's just, was just calling or texting or, or was asking someone else about me and someone would say, Hey, someone said, where are you at? Tori said, where are you at? You know, just, I would always love that I had a cheers of my own. I had a bar of my own where everybody knew me. Where everybody knew my name, boom, 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 and they were always glad that I came, boom, 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 because I was just a damn fool, and I would make them all laugh, or I would at least give them something else like that. Dun, 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 ding. So what happened was I would always 
I just love the bar. I love the bar fly. People missed me when I wasn't around because I made sure to make them feel good. I asked them about their day. I love finding out about people's day, their dreams, their hopes. And every time I'd see them the next time, how's your dog? How's your life? How's your career? How's that education you were pursuing? What, what's your next goal? Oh, really? How's that? And I actually listened to people like because I really fucking thrive on finding out about people. And when people would call me to say, let's go out or hey, where are you at? Or well, where are you? tag me in a post tag me online that I get notified that hey this group is out and they're asking about you in a comment chain or they made some joke about you not being there hurry up you know it it would encourage me to get it and get out and go and put my stuff to the side and say you know what I can follow this education next time I can put this off or there came a point where I didn't put anything off all I did was that day and night 2 a.m 3 a.m my girlfriend's sitting there like are you selling the computer yeah what are you doing i'm just watching this video learning about you know the back end of an email marketing chain and how it is that um that different email servers block other email servers based on certain coding that's within the email chain but if you're sent from a trusted site and if you click these certain things this is how you end up in spam box i was fascinated by that i'm still fascinated by all the technicalities that happen in the digital space and how we as people can monopolize on that how i can take my knowledge of of the online world and then take it and apply it to my friend's business to a friend of a friend's business. All of a sudden, when I'm hearing conversations in the bar when I did go out or when I saw people talking online about business or about email, about this, I became encouraged to be the person to help them. So I started tapping into this whole other part of me that wanted to help people solve their problem. And I no longer I no longer became just like a counselor and a confidant and someone who could connect you physically with things because that's what I've been my whole fucking life. Um, I became, I started seeing a world where I could, I could fucking times that by fucking 10 times a hundred because the online world doesn't limit what I can, who I can be exposed to. It doesn't limit like a hundred people can watch my video at once or watch or listen to me at once or, or see some, see a comment I made at once that, that helps somebody figure out a problem. And then now all their problems were solved on that chain. And then they can come to me for additional ones and I can just continue to be a, a, a just, a problem solver and that shit fucking got me fucking excited holy shit i was excited it no longer became about the money it was about making a million dollars and then it became like well i just want to be happy well if i had if i was rich i could fund businesses i can fund startups oh you want to start a mechanic company well hey, let me buy all your tools buy your shop i'll hire someone I trust to manage it. I know you want to be a mechanic and be a badass mechanic so let me help you pursue your dream and do what you love to do every day that kind of shit you know, like, you want a landscaping company? You want to work for yourself? What are you willing to de- detail cars? Cool, let me buy you all the tools. Let's name the LLC, put it in your name. I'll be a 49% shareholder and you can do, you can, it's yours. It's yours. I just want to be a part of the growth and I want to be a part of that dream. And I want, when I die, for you to be in my fucking funeral to say, he did that. He did that. You know, the most fucking pressing thing to me at my mother's funeral it was the most touching thing I've ever fucking seen in my life was how many people were there. It was flooded with people. So many people that I had not seen in a long time or just didn't even fucking know. But they were all there, different shapes, sizes, colors, incomes. And they all loved her to fucking death. They loved her. They loved her more than anything. And she was not rich. She didn't have money. She didn't have she didn't have anything but love and forgiveness and acceptance and 
everybody loved her for it and she helped every single person she came across even the ones that drug her through the fucking mud you wonder where I get it from that seeing that funeral seeing everyone there that touched me more than anything and that became the meaning of my life and that even though I get lost sometimes that drives me back and that keeps me humble and that keeps me whole that thought that thought that that's possible for me that that's that would make her proud of me because I don't feel I did enough to make her proud don't we all we all feel inadequate don't we we all feel like we haven't done enough and when you lose somebody you don't get that chance to make it back you don't get that chance to ask them the stories to ask how they were what they loved what they didn't like about this where they grew up what stores they went to what movies they saw what what events happened in their life? How many times did they fall in love? I never asked those questions. I just lived with her, around her, gave her things. But I never, there's so much I never got to ask. And I watched all my family pass away before I could ask them those questions. And the people that knew her best, most of them are gone. And so the most I can do is live on in that memory with that goal, with that fucking goal to just let everyone know. It's okay. You're good. You're blessed. You're awesome. You're fucking gonna make it. There are many people out there that want to help you. You don't have to fight it alone. You're never alone. Not with people like me out there. If you know where to find me, I'm Robert Gomez. I forget what my tag is online on, on, on fucking Facebook. My Instagram is... Love is free, Rob G. Yeah, love is free, Rob G. <laughs> Just reach out to me if you're having issues, mental or whatever the fucking problems. If you're just, if you happen to be one of the few people that listen to this and you're actually having a problem and you don't know what to say, I keep secrets. I keep the best secrets. I only say shit to other people about your life that you are going to hear yourself from me. I don't tell people people's secrets. And uh, if you really got something you need to get off your chest, whether it's suicidal thoughts or just the overall overwhelming fucking pieces of this world that eat you up, I'm here to listen. I'm here for you. You're awesome. You're listening to Rob's Rant. This just happened. 15, 16 minutes. I've actually been sitting in front of the office space for about... Five minutes now just because I got overwhelmed and I wanted to finish this and I don't even know what a finish is. I just know that I love you. You're awesome. You're amazing. Have an amazing day. Tune in tomorrow for another fucking rant as I drive somewhere and do something when I find a little piece of space. I'm not going to make excuses anymore on why I can't make these, record these, record my thoughts and do things that I need to do in life. I'm just going to fucking do it, do it badly and then fucking ask for forgiveness later because I'm done not doing. I love you. Goodbye.